Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hey, Emmy fans, uh, I'm Daniel Montgomery here with my fellow Gold Derby editors, Marcus James Dixon, Zach Laws, Susan Mazina, and of course, Tom O'Neill. Uh, top races are really shaping up as more and more programs hit the airwaves. Uh, for instance, just last week, as we're recording this, uh, Shit's Creek aired its series finale. So, Marcus, do you think it can win Best Comedy Series? You know, how's it looking in our odds? What do you think about that race? I definitely think it, it can win, which is so strange that a show that was snubbed for four years can you know last year it got in for for a series for the first time and this year it could actually win it all um according to our odds it's it is in second place and it is slowly rising and i think what you said about the finale is part of that it it's airing at the right time this is the emmy sweet spot you know april may and the one-time front runner which is still in the lead Mar marvelous mrs Maisel, it aired way back in november and december so if you use that argument yes Shits creek is in the position to take down Mrs. Maisel, which won two years ago. Mrs. Maisel lost last year to Fleabag, of course. So it's very rare for a show to win and then lose and then win again. I mean, it happens, but I guess we'll see what happens. What do you, what do you guys think? But Marcus, let me pipe in here. Uh, what's different about this situation is that there was just Maisel damn near one last last year i think most people even had it predicted at gold derby it wasn't as if it was shunned and then all of a sudden they would be coming back to it this flea bag thing just took off in the home stretch and changed. it won and Maisel won eight emmys i believe that's a record to win without winning series so there is a right. ton of love it, it's a lot of emmy love. the record for comedy series in a single year period and it tied its own record from the year before even though it didn't win best comedy series and that and that's how much they love it and let's state that it is currently ahead in the odds and the predictions among our users among our top 24 all-stars uh our top 24 regular users uh the experts at gold derby but the one exception is our editors uh who just um uh uh Schitt's Creek just barely pulled ahead of Maisel, and uh, Marcus, you were probably the tipping balance, right? You just swung. Yeah, I guess so. I, I just switched a, a couple days ago. I couldn't ignore all, and again, it's the timely aspect. I couldn't ignore all of the buzz it's getting. This is the hottest show right now. This is the flea bag of 2020. Know, that's what, no, no, it, it isn't. That's the question. It might be. It, it's kind of looking that way. But uh, but is it? Why are so many experts still predicting Maisel? Have we learned nothing from last year? Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think we can automatically make this assumption. I think Maisel has so many things going for it. It has kind of a 
film cinematic quality. It has uh, such fantastic, sophisticated writing. It's it's it has had a much wider audience. Uh, there are still some people who have not strangely seen Schitt's Creek. And what makes it all the more curious is that it's doing so well recently at the Emmys while it's on the pop channel, which is uh, doesn't exactly have sky high ratings. But we know that the voters are watching it on Netflix where the first mm -hmm. seasons are now viewable. And uh, the, the final season is certainly available to Emmy voters with their, at the FYC sites uh, and at the Academy's uh, own site. And so anyway, it's a fascinating race. Fascinating. Who else has got some thoughts on this? I, I well, don't. Oh. <laughs> 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 well, what happened on Mrs. Maisel in its third season it greatly expanded its universe. And I think it's um, more relatable because of that. And uh, she went off on a tour with Shy Baldwin and uh, also um, Sterling um, K. Brown was a character on the show and uh, the production numbers were far more extensive and uh, she got to go Miami and other places and they really recreated the early 60s in a way that went even beyond, you know, just staying in Manhattan or being in um in the Catskills or the Paris shows. This this was more of a whole continuing thread of her discovering herself as a comedian even more. So I think, you know, because they kind of upped that level, I think it's uh, probably a little bit better than the second season. I think it's I think it's a triumph. The uh, uh the third season I think just um uh, uh, creatively, it's just a masterful. Uh, Zach, you were going to pipe in. Yeah, I mean, you know, speaking as one of those people who uh, called the flea bag sweep last year, um, <laughs> um, uh, there's a reason why flea bag won last year, and it's the same reason why Maisel won in its first season, and it's why I think Schitt's Creek will win in this season. It's because it's the show, as, as Marcus keeps saying, that has the buzz. What show are people talking uh, about right now, right? Maisel, it won those eight Emmys, including C uh, series in its first season, because everybody was talking about it. Fleabag won all those Emmys and beat Maisel in its uh, second season because everybody was talking about it. Schitt's Creek is the same kind of thing. I mean, when you, when you saw the, the lead up to its series finale, it was a show that everybody was chattering about on Twitter and 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 all over online, and it's it's the reason why um, it's expected to expand greatly in its nominations count from last year. Now the question is, you know, you mentioned the pop thing and the fact that you know the show really uh, became discovered because of Netflix. Are people going to see this last season? Right. Uh, we know it's available on the press right. site. We know that and people on cable on demand and all that. On right. cable on demand, it's got to be out in front of voters' eyes in order for them to see it. Fleabag and Maisel, they won because they were streaming on Amazon, which is something that people already had, you know, because they like to get their packages, they get a little uh, streaming service in addition to it. And let's point um, out that there are no DVDs this year. There were last year. So even if they weren't watching Fleabag on uh, uh, the streaming service, they were they had DVDs uh, stacked on their TV set in order to watch it. They don't have that this year. Right. So, it makes that interesting. 
Now, Susan makes another good point, too, which is that like the Maisel greatly expanded its world this year. And that's why I think that show is going to expand its nomination count. It could still win the same amount of Emmys that it won last year and still lose series because it's going to win a ton of below the line uh, prizes. And it could still win for uh, Tony Shalhoub and, and Alex Borstein in those supporting categories. But I think that in terms of series and uh, the top two acting categories for uh, actor and actress, I think those are going to go to Schitt's Creek. Uh, and it could possibly, uh, you know, go on a, a bit of a winning streak like those other two shows did. It's been, I just wrote about this actually, Zach. I think you're right. And it's been 12 years since a show won comedy series, actor and actress in the same year. And that was 30 Rock, of course. So right, can yeah. Schitt's Creek do the impossible and actually win all of those three? It's, it's, it's looking very strong. And I also, also I, you know, not to, uh, not to filibuster here, but <laughs> there's an emotional element to that, to that series finale as well, right? Not to spoil anything, but I think that that could also help push it over the edge, right? It's something that people want to root for, you know? Uh, okay, let's jump over for a moment here to uh, where there's a lot of activity, too, in those uh, uh, limited in movie categories where uh, we've now seen Mrs. America. The first three episodes, anyway, are on Hulu. It's, and if you're confused, let's explain that it's an FX production on Hulu, exclusively for Hulu. A lot of these studios produce for other networks, uh, uh, and it, it gets confusing. But net, but uh, Hulu was purchased by Disney in the recent years, and of course, so was Fox, which is FX. So it's all part of the same family now. And so there's this fantastically interesting relationship between FX and Hulu that could be trend-setting for the other networks, et cetera, which is that automatic streaming partner. Right now, what happens is uh, uh, the, the day after any show airs on FX, it's on Hulu the next day uh, across the board uh, as an automatic policy now. And it's not going to be in reverse with Mrs. America anyway. It's not going to air on FX. It's going to stay there as an exclusive uh, uh, thing. But here's a fascinating case of uh, let's talk about Kate Blanchett as up for this award as Best Actress, double Oscar winner, uh, who plays a very unsympathetic character if you're a classic Hollywood liberal, uh, because she was the person who, of course, led the crusade against the Equal Rights Amendment back in the 70s. It, it did not get passed ultimately by enough states to become a constitutional amendment. Uh, and, uh, Phyllis Schlafly played a major, if not defining role in its defeat. <clears throat> I'm old enough to remember it well. And I remember so many of the moms on my block in Mentor, Ohio, agreeing with Chris, uh, Phyllis Schlafly against women's rights because it was the days of the Vietnam War and people were worried about women, uh, being drafted and all those other, uh, elements. But what happens is the show itself is so well made and uh, Phyllis Schlafly plays the role with such uh, restraint and, and class and a kind of winking devil quality that voters love. Uh, I've switched to Cape uh, Blanchett as the winner in this race. I have Mrs. America, I think, ranked second or third. It's would certainly win best limited series. Uh, uh, who wants to pile on here? It's a really interesting uh, because this is kind of anti-Hollywood here in terms of its uh, political aims. But uh, uh, this is different. It takes us into the deep, dark soul of the women of that era being confronted by this big moral and civil challenge. You're predicting against Regina King? 
I'm not only predicting against Regina King, I've got uh, uh, Merrill Weaver, the invincible Emmy winner. We have these two invincible award uh, candidates, right? Regina King and Merrill Weaver, uh, also in this race. So it seems to be to be a three-way race. But boy, two Oscars, Kate Blanchett. Um, I don't know. I I I, uh, I feel good about it. Who else in this actress race? Well, I think uh, one other point to make is that, you know, Regina King has got three Emmys. Uh, Kate Blanchett has zero out of zero nominations. And so, zero TV I mean, work. Right, exactly. So, I mean, the fact that, you know, she's this big movie star, big two-time Oscar winner coming to uh, the small screen uh, for, you know, basically the first time in years, if, if not ever. I can't even think of any other TV work she's done. Um, you know, that could be enough to set her over the edge, but you know, Marcus is right. You know, don't <laughs> don't count out Regina King. <laughs> you know, every time we don't predict her to win something, she wins it. <laughs> yeah, and, but the um, things that she wins for are kind of serious. Watchmen is kind of genreish, and that might be work against. But it. it's so well made, and people really responded to it. I mean, it, it just went off like gangbusters. Yeah, Kate uh, Blanchett was, I believe, in in that one episode of Documentary Now last year. I think a lot of people were predicting her to be nominated for Guest right. Actress in a Comedy, uh, and she didn't get that nomination. So maybe she's. I mean, I think she's an automatic nomination at the very least for Mrs. America. Uh, but I don't. I don't know that she's necessarily indomitable. I am predicting her to win. I think Regina King's couple of biggest problems are that you know, and again, she wins all the time, so it may not be a problem at all. Um, <laughs> But, you know, Watchmen aired quite a while ago, um, and especially these days, every day, every week feels like 10 years are passing. So Watchmen, by the time Emmys roll around, is going to feel like it was forever ago. Um, also, Watchmen is a very, more of an ensemble show. She's the lead actress, but there's a lot of focus given to a lot of other characters, too. It's a genre show uh, that I don't know how much the actors branch is going to go with it, even though, you know, Game of Thrones kind of, yeah, we know that the Emmys are open to genre shows, but we, you know, we also know that they're still kind of snobs. Um, and uh, there's also the fact that it's not the kind of showy, emotional kind of role that, uh, you, know, you know, she she does have emotional moments, but it, a lot of it, there's a lot of action. There's, uh, you know, it, it's not like she doesn't get like a big crying monologue kind of performance. It's not right. that kind of show. It's not that exactly. kind of performance. That's why I think she's vulnerable. I think, I think that Merritt Weaver, Daniel, stay on here. I think Merritt Weaver uh, is more of a threat in this case because she's uh, Emmy invincible all the time. And if you've seen these numbers that Netflix has released and some of the uh, measuring services like Nielsen that are not trying to give us the number of views at these streaming services that have been hushed up in the past, Unbelievable has been one of the most viewed productions <laughs> on Netflix uh, uh, in recent years. It ha its viewership is huge. It's right up there with The Office and all these staggeringly high shows, popular shows on Netflix. So, uh, boy, uh, it, it aired a while ago too, but it's a it's, it does have the cachet and the critical appeal, the snob thing going on that Regina King doesn't have for her role on the genre-ish. Watch, talk about uh, Merritt Weaver in this case as a threat. Um, I think Merritt Weaver definitely is a threat. Um, unbelievable, uh, you know, premiered a while ago on uh, Netflix. But the good, the good thing about Netflix for anyone on that, you know, competing for that uh, service is that people are on Netflix all the time. Voters are going to be on Netflix all the time. So if they have seen it, they might still see it in their menus when they're trying to pick something else if they haven't seen it. They might pick it up uh, uh, over time. Um, 
And so I think that will keep it fresher in mind maybe than Watchmen, even leading up to the Emmys. Um, the, the interesting thing about Merritt Weaver is if she can overcome a potential vote split, because when she won her second Emmy for Godless, she was up against, I believe, uh, Penelope Cruz and Judith Light for uh, assassination of Johnny mm. Versace. And I remember there was a lot of talk is like, is it going to be one of them or are they going to split and is it going to go to Merritt Weaver? Um, and it went to Merritt Weaver. And I think part of that was the vote split. So it'll be interesting to say, see now that she's the one who could be up against the co-star, Caitlin Deaver in this case, who does have the showier uh, emotional arc. Merritt Weaver is quite subtle and unbelievable. Um, it'll be interesting to see if that kind of, you know, with the firepower of Regina King and Kate Blanchett not competing against their own co-stars uh, might be what holds Merritt Weaver back. But uh, like, yeah, she won for Nurse Jackie when we weren't expecting it. And she won for Godless when I, I know a lot of people were expecting it, but she had tough competition there. Um, so uh, it, it really depends on the sort of landscape, who she's up against, and if that includes Caitlin. And she's had a real transformation uh, 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 physically as an actress now because uh, she a bumpy nurse in Nurse Jackie, right, the, uh, the sidekick. Uh, and she's uh, really become glammed up now. And she's not only competing for for uh, Unbelievable, she is one of the lead contenders for Best Comedy Actress with Run on uh, HBL. And it's a very, very compelling role. She's a, you know, she's, uh, a romantic lead here, which is interesting. We haven't seen that before. She carries it off magnificently. Um, uh, Run, it'll be interesting to see how it, it plays out on, on HBL. Those of us who have seen it uh, love it. And the critics I love it. it. Has this great buzz. It does seem to have a real amount of awards cachet. So it's her moment. I mean, it's it's uh, uh, what she lacks in terms of being, you know, the, I mean, contemporary buzz right now for a, a show that aired a while ago, unbelievable, but is still uh, pulling strong on Netflix. Uh, is made up for the fact that she is so prominent in Run, which is not a comedy series, of course, if you're, if you're watching it. It's a, a drama series, but it's competing for comedy strategically, and it's very smart. Um, Another thing about Kate Blanchett that I don't think anyone's mentioned, and this is stealing right from the Tom O'Neill playbook, she's a famous person playing a famous person, and they absolutely love that. I mean, especially in this category, Michelle Williams won last year, uh, Sarah Paulson won for playing Marsha Clark, and I mean, go back to Julianne Moore for Sarah Palin. They love Julianne Moore's a good example of Marcus because Sarah Palin was not a politically sympathetic character in Hollywood, mm -hmm. up and as as this is not the Phyllis Schlafly role. So that's why I think that's an interesting parallel there. Mm -hmm. uh, let's move on to drama series where Ozark has been uh, doing very well and has been moving up the ranks. We have. Uh, uh, the recent Gold Derby odds there are, let me pull them up on my screen. Uh, interesting. Olivia Coleman is still out front, but Jennifer Anist, and Jennifer Aniston's in second, and Laura Linney has moved up to third, and they're very close, all three of them. Uh, and number four is Jodie Comer. Let me put this up on my screen so everybody can see it. Uh, these are the odds at Gold Derby that we're talking about. And here they are. Uh, so we've got Olivia Coleman out front for drama actress, uh, Jennifer Aniston for uh, number two, 
our uh, Laura Liddy for number three. Uh, Olivia Coleman does have this huge lead in terms of predictions to win among our user base, where we've got about a thousand people predicting her to win. But this is old data. I'm not sure that people have updated their predictions in this case. Um, but Laura Linney's a real force and Ozark is a real force in terms of recent uh, uh, play on in this drama race, as is Better Call Saul, which has just had uh, you know, its, its finale wrap up and is very strong. Who wants to make some thoughts on drama series, drama acting? Well, I would just like to find out what seven shows are going to be nominated um, because this is like the toughest call. I mean, I, I don't know. I think they're, they're very possibly going to have more than seven nominees in that series category um, because there's at least, I don't know, 14 or 15 shows that could, you know, theoretically get in. They need a top um, 10. Yeah, they do. They do need a top 10 for these series categories. I don't know why they don't. Um, I mean, you and mentioned me, better. Me keep talking, uh, Zach. And while you talk, I'm going to pull up my screen and show them what we're talking about. Keep going. Well, yeah, I mean, so, you know, last year, Game of Thrones swept. It's no longer in the running. But uh, six out of those other seven shows are back, including Succession there, uh, Ozark, Better Call Saul. Um, we've also got all these shows like The Crown and The Handmaid's Tale that weren't eligible last year and they're back. Stranger Things is another one uh, that's coming back. And so, you know, you've got all these Westworld. Westworld is right? back. Killing Eve was nominated last year. Pose yeah, was not last year. This is Us is always nominated here. This is, you know, Homeland has had, had a strong word in the past. But this is what Zach's talking about here. You can go all the way down to number 12 here for This Is Us as being, you know, having a good chance of coming back. Uh, it has gets tons of acting nominations, which tells us that it's in that uh, act, strong in the actors branch, and you need that to carry the day. Look at all of these others. Westworld's been nominated. Killing Eve, uh, when Killing Eve was also nominated, and I believe both writing and directing last year. Reporter uh, mm -hmm. well, act, best actor here for Pose. Big Little Lies, of course, aired a while ago. Um, but still, it's HBO Morning Show. We've always known Morning Show was going to do uh, really well here uh, because it's a TV show about TV, and it's the comeback of Jennifer Aniston. It's got Steve Crowd, and it's so just well written, so well paced. But wow! So if we only get seven nominees, it's hard to say what doesn't get come back. Right. I mean, you mentioned the Morning Show, and I mean that's that's the other issue we have which is that we have all these first season shows that are also trying to compete for the very first time against these this wealth of uh, of uh, shows that they have loved in the past and still continue to love you know so how are you going to narrow that down big little lies like you said it, it swept the emmys when it was a limited series but as a drama series it aired uh, it'll be over a year ago by the time nominations come out westworld is just now airing killing eve is just now airing so is that recency bias going to help them pose aired a while back uh the outsider was a big buzzy first season show stranger things i mean you can even go further down to 13. um <laughs> it's been nominated <laughs> yes yeah uh mindhunter all the way down there at 18 had a fantastic second season of yes it did. um mr robot remember when that was nominated for its first season uh, <laughs> but uh yes, yeah. hunters is amazon's big drama play here and it's uh, uh done as a thriller with social relevance and and uh, Al Pacino on screen almost every minute in a towering performance uh, as a crossover to TV. I know it's got a lot of really interesting um, things going on here. Marcus, jump in or Susan? 
Um, I was just going to say, you know, Ozark is in third place, but we really shouldn't underestimate the show. It won out of nowhere. It won directing last year. And and uh, Julia Garner won, of course, supporting actress. But that maybe that had to do with the Game of Thrones votes. But there was four ladies and they're all vying for attention. And this year, look, this this could be a sleeper hit here. It, it could get more nominations than ever. Um, when we talked about on, on the comedy side, Schitt's Creek, I, I think Ozark has the same kind of buzz currently that Schitt's Creek does. And that's the timely aspect. It just dropped during the quarantine when everyone's here at home watching it. And I can't tell you how many times I've read about the supporting actor, Tom, search of the P, Pelfrey? Pelfrey. Um, and Laura Linney and, and Jason Bateman. And this could win a lot of acting awards in addition to it could win writing and directing and all these below the line. So don't count out Ozark, even though it's in third place. And it's also, it is one of the highest watched shows on Netflix. Again, the viewer numbers, it, uh, the loyalty uh, viewing thing is really, really strong. And now it has the buzz, as Marcus says. And it's very much like Breaking Bad and thematically. If you've seen. No one's talked about Succession yet. Talk about Succession. Lead the way. Um, it, it's the hippest, coolest show on TV. It won the Golden Globe and the Critics' Choice, I believe. I'm, my memory is not as strong as some of yours. But it, it's just so fun and cool and exciting. And Of course, it, it could win this, and we all know that's possible. Um, it did air a long time ago. It aired in the summer. And I'm not sure if they've announced when Season 3 comes back, but if, if Season 3 airs during voting, then that's the prime thing that you want to do. But it has a high cool factor. Critics loved it, and it has this yeah. thing that happened to uh, – Fleabag too, which is that took off for its second season after being kind of ignored for its first season, and then everybody was talking about it. Uh, right. And, and something about uh, the cast of Succession, none of them got in last year, which was so strange. But this year, I think we're going to see several of them get in and possibly win. Uh, I, I can give some uh, insight into Succession's third season. Um, it's been uh, delayed, the production of it, because of uh, the pandemic that we're in the middle of right now. So it won't be returning in time. Um, Lord knows when it will return. I know as a fan, I'm anxious for it to return. Um, oddly enough, I mean, yeah, it aired a long time ago, but a lot of the things we're going through right now could give it that social relevance that it needs in order to win. I mean... You look at um, the Oscar win for Parasite, which feels like years ago, <laughs> but it was only <laughs> two months ago. Uh, a major part of why that movie won was because it it hit a chord with voters. You know, it, it really spoke to the times that we're living in. And you know, Succession being this kind of you know screw the rich uh, type of program at a time when you know so many people are experiencing financial hardships as as a result of this um of this pandemic certainly not any emmy voters i would imagine but you know a lot of people who uh, would be you know talking about things like this that could very easily help push it over the top now i see thomas sharing his screen again and yes brian cox is in first place and jeremy um, strong yeah. in fourth so he's got two of the actors here uh yeah exactly i mean and you know that i think they both get in um but look out for Jason Bateman and also for Bob Odenkirk. I mean, this this season this of could Better be Call his Saul, year. This was the best season of Better Call Saul yep. by far. I think it's going to get a ton of acting nominations. Absolutely. This could even be the year when Jonathan Banks wins. Could you imagine? 
Um, <laughs> and our our dear Ray Seahorn could finally get nominated. Um, you know, it's these Game of Thrones not being in the running it frees up a lot of acting slots that we can now <laughs> fill. Yeah, I got six last year. Yeah, um, or more actually. Uh, Marcus, you were going to say something. Um, I don't Look remember. Look at this. Billy Porter, you know, last year's winner here, Sterling K. Brown, who's won this category. Odenkirk, who's so overdue to win. And yeah. it's that it's its critically most hailed season of its critically hailed run. And uh, it, it's a real factor here to win drama series and for Odenkirk to win. Jason Bateman, as Marcus said a moment ago, uh, let's call special attention to this. He won the directing award last year for Ozark. So uh, that's how beloved uh, he is, and he won out of category in terms of what we know him for. And of course, Brian Cox, look at this. Predict win in this column, 974 of our uh, roughly 1,500 users. And, uh, the net, and then Bateman's down here, uh, 188. But again, these predictions have to be careful. They are uh, relatively old. These are... Um, uh, Based, you know, the, these were our users' predictions for uh, uh, the last couple of months that we've been doing this. So let's go up to the top of the screen and show you guys. This is we're using a desktop here, uh, and what we're going to do is change this little drop-down menu from uh, from our combined odds to just the editors, just us, and see what happens to this category as a result. In a second, while I search, <clears throat> here we are. Brian Cox is still out front here among the editors of Gold Derby. Uh, he's got seven, Bateman two, Jeremy Strong one. And let's go up and let's compare that to uh, the experts for fun. We have about 16 experts typing in. And here, well, 12 of the experts say Brian Cox, four say Bateman, and one says Odenkirk. Uh, also, don't count out uh, Al Pacino. I know he's on a lot of people's lists. He's on my list for a nomination. It, uh, it is such such a strong role. And it, you don't see Al Pacino doing this kind of role a lot in his career. And it, it reminds me of uh, Anthony Hopkins joining you know, Westworld season one and, and a little bit in season two. And he did get nominated. And he didn't win, but... Hey, sometimes you know has won Emmys in the past for movies. I think he won for Phil Spector or the. Uh, uh, don't know Jack. Yeah, he won yes. for Angels in America. And Angels in America. He was nominated for Phil Spector, but didn't win for that one. Oh, okay, and he won for uh, yeah. Daniel, I'd like to hear your thoughts. Uh, your uh, waxing politically on uh, Patrick Stewart there, who's in tenth place for yeah. the Talk about somebody who's overdue uh, for an Emmy win. Yeah, it's interesting. Patrick Stewart, uh, best known for his role as Jean-Luc Picard on Star Trek The Next Generation, reprising that role on Star Trek Picard. The interesting thing is he never earned a single Emmy nomination for Star Trek The Next Generation. He earned a SAG nomination for that show's last season, which uh, was pretty huge for uh, uh, a syndicated show and for that show at the time. Um, but the interesting thing is he's been nominated for several Emmys since. So like, he's that kind of respected. Beloved he was nominated actor. in the TV uh, movie category for Macbeth, uh, and things yeah. like 
very highbrow uh, actorly things. Yeah, he was a guest star on on uh, Extras. He got a, a guest comedy acting nomination for that. So we know they know him. We know they 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 like him. Uh, he hasn't won yet, so he's overdue for that kind of love. And I'm really really pulling him for him to get in because. Like they, they really, it's a really intimate show. Like it, there's a lot of sci-fi action in it, but it's a really intimate show. And he gets, uh, oh, you know, he's, he's fighting a terminal illness in it. And it, you know, he, he gets the kind of emotional stuff that if, if any voters aren't like preoccupied by, oh, it's just sci-fi, they'll see that, yeah, this is, this is a kind of a classic performance from one of the most classic TV characters in modern history. So yeah, I hope I, I, I and he I, really I, goes to really great emotional heights uh, in this Star Trek Picard, the, the final episode of the season. I won't do any spoilers, but his exchange with data uh, back and forth and how it's resolved is so magnificent. It just gives you chills. It's so well written. So such a great plot twist. Uh, Okay. Any final thoughts here, Susan? What do you think? I said, are you suddenly uh, changing your predictions much uh, these days? Well, I, I fiddled with them, but I think you're underestimating the crown a bit because. Okay, let's go for it. Yeah, I think, um, especially the supporting actress and on the lead. Oh yeah, Helena Bottom. I, I mean, their predecessors both won Emmys, right? in those roles. Virginia Kirby did not, but, uh, uh -oh. but, uh, I do think, you know, in this time, you know, you're saying it's relevant because, you know, the young, younger queen, uh, Elizabeth, um, you know, or middle age now or whatever she is, I think, um, that, it's it's something i mean her struggles of being a, a leader you know it, it's it's you know she's trying her best and and to you know do the right thing and she's having some problems at this point but you know she just celebrated her 94th birthday in real life and you know it's sort of like um she has the presence that I think we wish some of our leaders had now. And, uh, you know, her longevity, uh, uh, you know, as a queen is amazing. And I think um, people are probably more uh, sympathetic to what she went through when you see, you know, the show. And uh, I don't know. I, I think it's still a, a, a show that you, you know, people value. Yes, and Olivia Coleman is way out front for best drama actress in our right, and she's one of those people like Regina King. I think she gets <laughs> things yeah, yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, Daniel, any final thoughts, Sarah? Um, well, I will just say going back to the drama actor race, I think the interesting thing about Succession, we've got Brian Cox on top of our odds there. Um, like the best thing that could happen to a Jason Bateman or a Bob Odenkirk will be Jeremy Strong and Brian Cox both getting in because uh, we've seen the vote split hurt uh, This Is Us for the last couple of years. Sterling K. Brown did beat his co-star Milo Ventimiglia the first season of This Is Us, but they split the vote and lost the last couple. Um, and, you know, it's not an obvious choice between Brian Cox and Jeremy Strong. Like, in fact, Brian Cox was 
won the Golden Globe and Jeremy Strong wasn't even nominated there, but then Jeremy Strong won the Critics' Choice Award and I don't think Brian Cox was even nominated there. So there's there are two very oh, strong pieces both of them. And I think if they're both nominated, fans of Succession will not have a very clear choice of which one to go to. Um, so I think that could help Jason Bateman, especially because that show is recent. I think that show... Or Bob Odenkirk. Yeah. Or Bob Odenkirk. Uh, those are both recent shows. Uh, Ozark has so much buzz right now because like, it, it, that and Tiger King are the shows people are talking about <laughs> on Netflix this, this season. Um, and so like a few months ago, I would have said, oh, Succession has this wrapped up, but we've seen Ozark rising and uh it's peaking at the right time and maybe succession's gonna feel like it was an awful long time ago by the time voting happens so i will say uh i'm, I'm one of the editors who's currently predicting bateman uh but it'll be interesting to see how that turns out uh marcus let me give you the final word here uh uh on this good place uh wild card which is uh ted danson is ahead, and according to many experts and many very wise heads at Gold Derby, to win Best Comedy Actor this year. Uh, the Eugene Levy is my official prediction now for um, uh, Schitt's Creek, but uh, that's a fairly kind of uh, subdued role. He's, it's a passive, you know. He's a he's always like uh, he's he's not the one making saying the ridiculous things in his family. He's the one enduring it. Uh, the Good Place was nominated last year for for comedy series, uh, for writing and or directing one of those two. Of course, Ted Danson got in. Kristen Bell's a real threat uh, this year, isn't it? Talk about that. We cannot write The Good Place. It's one of my favorite shows, and it ended such in a, an emotional, fulfilling, rewarding uh, name your adjective finale. And we were just talking earlier about how sometimes finales actually win in these writing or directing categories. There's 30 Rock, there's ER, um, Friday Night Lights, the list goes on and on and on. So maybe if it gets a writing or a directing nomination, this will be the place where they say, okay, good place. You know, you entertain me for five seasons. Here's your reward. Um, Ted Danson could do it. It's possible. He really uh, Kelsey, Kelsey Grammer won for the final season of Frasier. So this is not outside of the realm of possibility. But also, and Ted Danson won late in the run of Cheers. Oh yeah, the final season of Cheers. Um, also, don't don't sleep on on Rami Youssef. Remember that he won the Golden yes. Globe out of nowhere. So right. so this is a guy to watch out for too. That's a good point. Um, okay, Daniel, uh, wrap us up here. Uh, well, uh, you know, it, we we've got some months to to think about this. More more TV is being released uh, every week. Uh, even in the midst of this uh, coronavirus pandemic, there's of course a lot in the works already. That's that's coming out over the course of this spring. Uh, we've still got contenders in May, like I know this much is true in Hollywood. Um, you know, so you know. You know what our predictions are now, and we know a lot can change between now and May, between May and June, uh, between you know June and, and whenever the Emmys are handed out. Uh, so uh, if you think you know better than we do, uh, you can go to goldderby.com right now and make your predictions. And now you can go to the Gold Derby app. And Yay! There as well, download that from the app store of your choosing on Apple and Android. Uh, so uh, we will we will be back. Uh, soon to talk about more of these races as this, the, the awards develop. Uh, thank you for joining us. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. 
With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.